0: Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange, for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Matthew 16 24 27. Shalom. Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast, I'm Sean. Website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today we're going to be looking at our prophets portion for the week, uh, which is actually Jeremiah chapter 16 verse 19 through 17 ver- through verse 14. But as all of you are probably aware, I don't like to read it that way. Uh, because we leave out so much context. So we're going to read all of 16 and all of 17. Because text without context is a pretext to make it seem or make it mean whatever you want. So we want the full context of the scripture. So we're going to be reading Jeremiah 16 through Jeremiah 17 today. Uh, this is actually Saturday morning that I'm recording this because I recorded it yesterday morning on Friday. But the recording failed at the end. And uh, so the Lord must have wanted me to change uh, the way I did the podcast. And so I have. And uh, hopefully it is to the Lord's liking this morning. There is some end times headlines that I do want to talk about today before we get in uh, to our study. And that is dealing with inflation and food shortages. Now, many of you will remember, this was one of my main warnings a year ago when all the lockdowns and things like that started. Uh, I've brought this subject up many times on the podcast. I've brought it up to people in passing and in the office and in these kind of environments. And usually I get those looks of you're being ridiculous. You're, uh, well, you know how it is. You tell people some truth, you warn them about it. And if it doesn't come to pass in the next five minutes, they act like you're an idiot. When the truth is, is they don't know how to do basic math. They don't understand third grade economics, basic supply and demand. People don't understand that if you have no employees willing to work and you're not producing any product and there's a high demand for that product then there's going to be a shortage and the prices skyrocket, especially if you have a devaluing currency like the dollar. This is basic economics, but people can't seem to get it. But then again, this is a generation where we have to put warnings on batteries saying don't drink battery acid, and we have to put warnings on things like bleach, don't drink bleach, and we have to put warnings on things like laundry detergent. Don't eat or drink this. I mean, (laughs) this is the world we're living in. Um, So, if people don't know better than to not eat Tide Pods, then they probably don't know how to add either. Now, it may sound like I'm being facetious, and that's because I'm just highly irritated by people's ignorance, willful ignorance, at this point. Here's what's going on. Let me tell you a little story before I read the headlines. Uh, There's a restaurant known as Chipotle that I don't mind eating at. It's one of the few places that still offers some type of organic, clean food. It tastes good. I like it. Uh, We go there occasionally. There's about three um, within an hour of me. One in Fort Wayne, Indiana that I've tried to go to a few times and a couple in Indianapolis. What I've noticed is that occasionally or lately, more often than not, I'll walk up and the door's locked and it says digital orders only. So one day when the door was actually opened and I happened to be in the area, I went in and when I was ordering my food, I asked the person behind the counter, hey, what's the deal with sometimes I walk up here and you guys are the doors just closed and it says digital only like why is it so random and how does that get determined? And the employee said, sometimes we don't have any food, so we have to limit our orders because we can't get the food, so we have to limit digital orders or sometimes we don't have enough staff to actually man the building and therefore we have to, again, go to digital orders only because we don't have enough employees. What I've noticed and I've heard people talking about there's a Starbucks locally that's closes, closing down in the afternoon, like at four o'clock because they don't have anybody to work. I'm noticing this trend and we don't need to go into all the reasons why people refuse to work right now. Um, again, we're all intelligent. We can we can uh, come up with those understandings on our own the point is is what we have happening is a lack of supply due to the shutdowns now you can't get employees to go back to work therefore you can't produce things which is continuing that lack of supply and of course some things have a high demand lumber as an example production was way down it's way behind and now it's three four five times more expensive than it was a year ago It would be a very foolish time right now to try to build a house or even buy a house. You're going to pay way more than what it's really worth. These are some of the scenarios that we're starting to see develop. And I think, I, I, I don't want it to be true, but I would expect that you'll see gas go through the roof over the summer and into the fall. Food prices continue to just get ridiculous and shortages on things you're used to being able to buy in abundance. Let me just give you the headlines, and then we'll switch gears and get into the book of Jeremiah. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Grocerers, restaurants, to suppliers. Hurry up and make more. So we have friction between retailers and their suppliers. It's adding cost across the food chain. Big buyers, including Walmart and... Cisco Corporation are fining suppliers over infractions like later incomplete orders. Retailers excused such penalties for months during the pandemic when surging demand led to widespread shortages. Meanwhile, many food makers and distributors say labor shortages, see, listen, labor shortages, supply constraints, and high freight car costs are making it difficult to make the deliveries complete see the see the suppliers who supply the retail places and the restaurants can't get employees to work number one so they can't get as much produced and packaged and and shipped and then the freight cost has went up so it's more expensive to do that so then they have to transfer that cost to the retailer and so the retailer gets stuff late not on time they don't get the amount that they're supposed to get and now the cost. Is more expensive. I warned about the, you know, when this first happened, when I when I'm I was sitting in my office, and the rumor started spreading that we might lock down. So this is early March last year. I just vocally said this would be a terrible idea. It's going to lead to food shortages, inflation, maybe even complete economic collapse. And needless to say, I got some irritable comments responded back to me like I'm an idiot. Well, here we are a year later, and it's starting to come to fruition. I didn't come to that conclusion because I'm a genius. I came to that conclusion because I know how to add one plus one. Next headline, what will you do when inflation forces U.S. households to spend 40% of their income on food? Did you know that the price of corn has risen 142% in the last 12 months? Of course, corn is used in hundreds of different products we buy at the grocery store, and so everyone is going to feel the pain of this price increase. But it isn't just the price of corn that's going crazy. We are seeing food prices shoot up dramatically all across the industry, and experts are warning that this is just the very beginning. So if you think the food prices are bad now, just wait, because they're going to get a whole lot worse. I agree. Next headline, inflation has arrived, grocery prices soaring, poultry shortages, supplies running low, can't find anyone to work. There's going to be a great price to pay for laziness. There's going to be a great price to pay for allowing people to make more money sitting at home, being obedient little uh robots rather than think for themselves and work. Hmm. And look, if I was unemployed and I was hungry, I'd be all about getting a stimulus check, okay? So I'm not against that. My point is is at some point there has to be more incentive to go back to work than there is to stay at home. And if this doesn't change soon, we're going to see some serious problems. We're already seeing it. We're already seeing it. Next headline, grocery prices up steeply from the same time last year. And then one more headline from the Wall Street Journal. Chicken shortage sends prices soaring and restaurants can't keep up. To say that this problem is only going to get worse is an understatement. Even if we made some changes to correct this issue, uh, it would still take another six months to a year, right, or something similar to that kind of time frame. I mean, I guess I, I guess it would take a while to catch back up. And then when you have gas prices going up, it costs more to get the food to the grocer and just there's so much cost that's about to be transferred to the consumer. If you don't have some type of food storage, it would be wise to maybe have something backed up, some canned food, some stuff in the freezer. Uh, just wisdom. Just use basic wisdom. All right. Uh, you know, I really didn't want to talk about that subject, but I just felt like it's just necessary to say, hey, it's no longer me just back behind a microphone saying, hey, look what I think is going to come. It's here. It's getting worse pay attention, use wisdom, use discernment. And, uh, if you have the ability to grow some food in your backyard, now that it's May, um, hopefully in a few weeks, it'll actually be warm enough. Uh, then it might be a wise thing to do to alleviate some of your cost over the summer. Just some things to be thinking about and praying about. Obviously go to the Lord, ask him what he would have you to do. And, uh, Maybe, maybe God's mercy will be upon us and we'll get this turned around, but I'm not too uh, hopeful of that, to be honest. All right, let's transition into reading Jeremiah chapter 16 and chapter 17. Interestingly enough, the many Bibles will have a title for this chapter, if you look at an e-sword, it'll say famine, sword, and death. Famine, sword, and death. It's the title of this week's Prophets portion, which is scheduled. By the way, it's a schedule that's been followed for a very, very long time. Hundreds, if not a couple thousand years. Let's have a look. We're going to read from the King James Bible. Verse 1. The word of the Lord came also unto me, saying, Thou shalt not take thee a wife, neither shalt thou have sons or daughters in this place. For thus saith the Lord concerning the sons, and concerning the daughters that are born in this place, and concerning their mothers that bear them, and concerning their fathers that begat them in this land, they shall die of grievous deaths. They shall not be lamented, neither shall they be buried they shall be as dung upon the face of the earth. They shall be consumed by the sword and by famine, and their carcasses shall be meat for the fowls of heaven and for the beast of the earth. For thus saith the Lord, Enter not into the house of mourning, neither go to lament nor beam on them, for I have taken away my peace from this people. Saith the Lord, Even lovingkindness and mercies, both great and small, shall die in this land. They shall not be buried, neither shall men lament for them, neither cut themselves, nor make themselves bald for them. Neither shall men tear themselves for them in mourning to comfort them for the dead. Neither shall men give them the cup of consolation to drink for their father or for their mother. Thou shalt not also go into the house of feasting to sit with them and to eat and to drink. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will cause to cease out of this place in your eyes and in your days the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. Please note, verse 9 sounds very, very sim- Familiar to another verse that we might know even more. Let me read it again. Verse 9 For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel Behold, I will cause to cease out of this place in your eyes and in your days the voice of mirth, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride. Now, The reason why that might sound familiar is because Revelation 18, chapter, or yeah, chapter 18, verses 22 through 23, dealing with mystery Babylon, use similar type of language. Talking about that judgment, here's what it says. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee and no craftsmen. Of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee, and the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. The light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee. The voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. continuing on with our study in Jeremiah. Verse 10. And it shall come to pass, when thou shalt show this people all these words, and they shall say unto thee, Wherefore hath the Lord pronounced all this great evil against us? Or what is our iniquity? Or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? Then shalt thou say unto them, Because your fathers have forsaken me, saith the Lord, and have walked after other gods and have served them and have worshiped them and have forsaken me and not kept my law. And ye have done worse than your fathers. For behold, you walk everyone after the imagination of his evil heart, that they may not hearken unto me. So he says, when the people ask, what's the meaning of this great judgment that's upon us? and it's because you have forsaken the Lord, and even worse, you've done worse than your fathers before you, right? You're the worst generation. You walk everyone after the imagination of his evil heart. Every evil you can conceive of in your wicked hearts you do, right? And you don't hearken unto the Lord. This is the purpose for this judgment. Verse 13, Therefore I will cast you out of this land, into a land that ye know not, neither ye nor your fathers. And there shall ye serve other gods day and night, where I will not show you favor. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said that the Lord liveth, and brought up the children out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth and brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north, and from the lands whither they had driven them out, and I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. Behold, I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill, and out of the holes the rocks for my eyes are upon their ways they are not hid from my face neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes and first I will recompense their iniquity and their sin double because they have defiled my land and they have filled mine inheritance with the carcasses of their detestable and abominable things O Lord my strength and my fortress In my refuge in a day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth, and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. Shall a man make gods unto himself, and they are no gods? Therefore, behold, this once caused them to know. I will cause them to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is Jehovah, Jehovah the Lord. Alright, real quick, before we get into chapter 17, I know that today's podcast sounds really bleak, maybe even depressing. But here's the thing, is we're entering into a great time of testing, and those who have small, weak faith, and who have not trusted in the Lord, who has not made the Lord their fortress has not made the lord their provider and their protector who are putting faith in men and politicians and in foolishness they're not going to be able to stand they're going to crumble they're going to be like that weed that shot up but then when the sun came out and not the weed but you know what I'm talking about the parable where jesus talks about the different types of seed and one sprung up but the sun came out and representing tribulation and trouble and it withered away there's gonna be a lot of withering Christians. Which in my mind means they weren't Christian to begin with. If your trust is in men, or your hopes in a politician, you're foolish, and you're gonna be greatly, greatly disappointed. What does your mind say, O oh Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction? He's hearing all this that's coming upon Israel for their iniquity, for departing from God, chasing after false God, and living out every evil imagination of their hearts. And his response is to say, O oh Lord, my strength, and my fortress, and my refuge in the day of affliction. Let's go ahead and read chapter 17 to finish up for this morning verse 1 The sin of Judah is written with a pin of iron and with the point of a diamond it is graven upon the table for their heart and upon the horns of your altars Whilst their children remember their altars and their groves by the green trees upon the high hills O my mountain and the field I will give thy substance and all thy treasures to the spoil and the high places for sin throughout all thy borders and thou even thyself shall discontinue from thy heritage that i gave thee and i will cause thee to serve thy enemies in the land which thou knowest not for ye have kindled a fire in my anger which shall burn forever thus saith the lord curse be the man that trusteth in men and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the lord what was I just saying about trusting in men instead of God? Verse 5, let's read that again. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Listen, if your trust is in a man, in a politician, you're cursed. It's Your trust is misplaced, your faith is misplaced, cursed that's what God is saying verse 6 for he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not be seen when good cometh but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited but listen to verse 7 blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is For he shall be like a tree planted by waters, and it spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall she cease from yielding fruit. So you have two parallels here. Those who are trusting in men are cursed, and it's going to be like they were living in a desert. Dying of thirst, right? They're living in a wilderness that's inhabited in a salt land, not inhabited. But those who trust in the Lord, it's like they're like a tree planted by a river. And even though the heat come, the trouble comes, doesn't matter. Her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the years of the drought. In other words, it's not going to make any difference because their trust is in the right place. Listen to verse 9. The heart is deceitfully The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah is quoting a proverb there. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. You see, the Lord, the reap which you sow principle is true. I started this broadcast by reading what Jesus says. Do I need to read that again? What did he say? The Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. People can preach that actions don't matter all they want. Pastors can preach that. Teachers can preach that. YouTube prophets can preach that. I'm not going to. Because the scriptures clearly say that what you do matters. And you will be rewarded according to what you've done in this life. Verse 11. A partridge sitteth on eggs, and hatcheth them not, so he that getteth riches, and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days, and at his end shall be a fool. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord. The fountain of living waters. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Behold, they say unto me, Where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. As for me, I have not hastened from being a pastor to follow thee, neither have I desired the woeful day. Thou knowest that which came out of my lips was right before thee. Be not a terror unto me, thou art my hope in the day of evil. Let them be confounded that persecute me, but let not me be confounded. Let them be dismayed, but let not me be dismayed. Bring upon them the day of evil and destroy them with double destruction. Jeremiah is saying, destroy all this evil, but please, I have put my hope in you. Don't do that to me. Verse 19, Thus saith the Lord unto me, Go stand in the gate of the children of the people whereby the kings of Judah come in, and by which they go out, and in all the gates of Jerusalem, and say unto them, Hear ye the word of the Lord, you kings of Judah, and all Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, that enter in by these gates. Thus saith the Lord, Take heed to yourselves and bear no burden on the Sabbath day, nor bring it by the gates of Jerusalem. Neither carry forth a burden out of your house on the Sabbath day, neither do you any work, but hallow ye the Sabbath day, as I commanded your fathers. But they obeyed not, neither inclined their ear, but they made their necks stiff, that they might not hear nor receive instruction. And it shall come to pass... If you diligently hearken unto me, saith the Lord, to bring no burden through the gates of this city on the Sabbath day, but hallow the Sabbath day, to do no work therein, then shall there enter into the gates of the city kings and princes sitting upon the throne of David, riding in chariots, on horses, they and their princes and the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And this city shall remain forever. And they shall come forth from the cities of Judah, from the places about Jerusalem, and from the land of Benjamin, and from the plain, from the mountains, and from the south, bringing burnt offerings, and sacrifices, and meat offerings, and incense, and bringing sacrifices of praise unto the house of the Lord. But if you will not hearken unto me to hallow the Sabbath day, and to... And not to bear a burden, even entering in at the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire against the gates thereof, and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem, and shall not be quenched. That is our reading for today. I hope that you found some encouragement. What I really hope that you took away from this is that even though... Trouble's coming and we have to acknowledge the things that are happening. We can't pretend, we can't put our head in the sand and be like, all these things aren't happening, it's not going to happen. No, we have to acknowledge that they are happening. But most importantly, we have to remember that where our trust is. Where do we put our trust? Do we worry about these things and cower in the corner in the fetal position, being afraid? No. No. Our trust is in the Lord, who is a living fountain of water, who provides all things. And no matter how bad the heat is, no matter how dry the desert is, if my hope is in the Lord, I'm like a tree planted next to a river. Right? But if your hope is in men, you're going to be cursed. And I've seen a lot of Christians over the last several years putting their hope in man and how has that worked out trust in the Lord you're gonna need great faith as we move into these next few months and years make sure your faith is in the right place that's all I have for you this morning I pray that somehow this podcast has been a blessing thanks for listening Thanks for your support. Thanks for your prayers. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.